Welcome to Viewpoint on Construction, our podcast series that offers modern takes on a transforming industry. Beyond the latest construction technologies and best practices, this podcast series looks at the innovative ideas, creative voices, and forward-thinking themes that are shaping our industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. We are thrilled to be here again with you on a Viewpoint on Construction. I am Wayne Newitz with Viewpoint, and I'm honored to have with us today Mr. Tim McNally. Tim, hello. Hi, Wayne. Hey, so Tim, uh, I understand and know that you are a principal consultant at Tilson Technology. You've got years of experience in our industry helping firms make smarter decisions about their IT infrastructure, their software systems, helping them with data conversion, predictive analytics. But let me stop. Please tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. I think you said it. I'm just one of the many fine folks over at Tilson, and we will assist construction companies in the selection, implementation of software solutions, data conversion, analytics, integration. That's what we all know, and that's what we do. Well, that's great. And we're here today to talk about the use of software systems, contractors who invest sometimes significant investment in new infrastructure, new software, hardware, uh, to better run their businesses, to be more productive, but yet don't use these systems to their fullest potential. There's certainly a, a broad spectrum of folks from people who buy software and it sits on the shelf to people who get the full use out of it. But I think we'd all agree that we're not quite where we want to be as an industry. And so Tim, let's kind of frame this issue. Is this indeed something you see out in the field when you're working with contractors? Is there a general underutilization of the technology tools available? Oh, absolutely. I can't think of too many clients in my experience that are using all of what they have available to them. And there's various reasons why they don't. It usually starts, though, with the implementation back at the beginning. For whatever reason there is, and there's many of them as well, they don't roll out all of the functionality. They don't have the bandwidth, the resources, and right out of the gate, they're not making use of it. They may talk about future phases, phase two or phase three, to roll that stuff out, but sometimes that gets lost in the day-to-day running of the operation. And that, to me, has always seemed a little counterintuitive in an industry, you know, tight margins, new investments are are looked at very carefully. They're scrutinized. And uh, very few contractors are just tossing money at problems. So so what's different here? What what do you what are some of these reasons that you're seeing for for underutilization or lack of proper utilization of the tools at hand? I think it starts with buy-in. Mm-hmm. So obviously when someone goes out and makes this kind of investment, there's buy-in from somewhere within the company. But where did that come from? Was this driven by the accounting department? Was the CFO behind this? Did they include operations or not? Um, One sure way to have an issue is if it's viewed as an accounting only uh, solution. Mm -hmm. So it really needs to have that buy-in across all of the different disciplines. And then it has to have executive support. So if you have a situation where those C-level folks are really detached from this process, and they're not setting the standard and the expectations, then things tend to go astray. Sure. Is there also a bit of, I guess, potentially buyer's remorse after a large system or software suite is acquired 
where it seemed like the best of ideas, and now that they have this system, there's really not a path forward to how to translate that purchase into a return on investment. Oftentimes, I think that this should happen as part of the decision to make the purchase, and yet I'm not sure that that happens. So, Tim, can you share with us some best practices that uh, that you share with your clients or that you have seen uh, out in the field for companies who who avoid this, who actually do realize that brass ring of ROI on their investments in technology. What are what are some of the the positives, the the good stories that you can share out there for for how this happens? Well, this is a bit of a self-serving comment, but one of the it starts back at the selection process. Mm-hmm. And unless you do that for a living and you know where to go, you're you're going to have difficulties. So you might even have a good grasp of what your issues are, what your pain points are. But how does that translate into your search? So you want to have folks that know how this works, that knows who the all the different players are and there are different offerings and they all have something good and they all have something not so good. Mm-hmm. And what are we getting is based on what your issues are. So back to that whole buy-in across the discipline, who's looking and what are they basing their needs on? Have they actually got a team together that represents all of the different areas of the company to sit down and say, here's our, here are our issues. Right. Now, um, so that, that process before you even start talking to the vendors is crucial. Right. Now, if you are, if you are in accounting, if you're in finance, if you're a CFO controller, and that is oftentimes where technology decisions begin, in my experience, if you are in that role, what are some of the things that you can do to, to help get this buy-in, to ensure executive support? Uh, what are some of the ways you have seen this work? Well, I think you need to have a good sampling of the folks who are using your current solution mm-hmm. and what their issues are. For the folks who aren't, don't have a solution, right? You'll find pockets of operations where there isn't a software that they're using to assist them, other than, of course, the world of Excel. Right. And you need to get a good sampling of those folks involved. So usually someone like the CFO obviously is familiar with deficiencies in their accounting, mm-hmm. uh, inefficiencies, and you want to go across the business to identify all of those. Sure. Now Everyone else is probably suffering as well. Right. In different ways, probably. Now, what are, in your experience, what are some of the different organizational groups within a company who tend towards an underutilization of available technologies? Is it, you know, is it accounting and finance? Is it more in the office space, if you will? Or is it in the field? Or or is it more of a collaborative, uh, you know, a lack of a, a collaborative solution for the disparate teams that come together for a job? Where where are you seeing the good and the bad in adoption of technology, software in particular? I think it's in the field. It's mm-hmm. it's on the operations side, probably starting with estimating project managers, engineers, down to superintendents. And of course, there's the um, the added complexity for them of the fact they're spread across many job sites, some in great locations in terms of connectivity and some not so great. Sure. I think the accounting folks, it tends to be a bit easier because they're usually centralized mm-hmm. um, and they don't have to deal with that connectivity issue. Plus, in, in terms of operations, their, their day job is running the job. So there's a lot of resistance to, and when am I going to find time to do this? Right. Ultimately, a lot of the offerings and the tools and solutions will make their life easier, but it's that 
it's that mental block that they have, which is I'm learning something new. It's radically different. And now I can't manage my job. Right. And, and honestly, it's getting over that hump because when do you find the time in a packed week with 10 pounds of work in, in your five pound bag to sit down and learn a new piece of software? Right. I think it's it's contingent upon software vendors such as Viewpoint to realize this and make the software usable. Look at the user experience for the field, for the the folks working at the job site. So, um, and, and that is it's, going on. So that's a positive. Right. And it's that as well. Again, I can't stress enough how important the initial implementation is. So normal pain points would include everyone has their day job and you need to carve out time to have correct representation on the implementation team. Folks have time to do their assignments. So you tend to share the wealth, right? Right. Uh, but yeah. you also have to be careful that you don't have so many folks involved that it's very unwieldy. Exactly. But if, if that implementation goes off poorly, I like to say like riding a bicycle with square wheels, mm -hmm. you're going to have issues that will follow you for a long time. You'll move, but you'll get some saddle sores in the process, uh, I, would, I would say. And, and it, it also harkens to yet another uh, tried and true saying, hope is not a strategy. If you, if you hope <laughs> that everyone's going to love that new software you were uh, championing for your company, well you really probably need to have a better strategy. So so let's change tax just a little bit and talk about some of the uh, advances in technology, in particular, mobile-friendly, cloud-enabled software and systems that theoretically and in reality, when they're implemented properly, can can solve for a lot of the issues that we're having with field and office communications, collaboration amongst team members, how are new technologies changing the calculus of implementation and successful use of software? Is the cloud helping? Is mobility helping? Or is it hurting? I think they both help. There are some pain points as always. So the cloud, I think, is helpful for some various reasons. One, which is if you're a smaller construction firm, you don't have a dedicated IT staff, that, that function is not sophisticated. You may have a third party service that's taking care of your daily needs. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about now installing this complex piece of software in-house on premises where you now have to deal with the administration. So usually, and there's obviously different levels of the cloud, but you're having someone else, in the case of someone like Viewpoint, manage that system administration for you. That is one list of tasks you don't have to handle. Right. Um, sometimes the cloud has some negative aspects to it, which is, can I get access to my data easily? Mm -hmm. What am I going to do when I might have my own report writer and staff that needs access to it? So depending on the solution, maybe that's not a problem. Um, and for other solutions, no, it's locked down pretty tight, you don't. But by and large, I think that's positive. Mobile is terrific. I think that tends to be, for a lot of folks, uh, a bridge too far. They love the concept of it, right. but it's usually something so new and you're dealing with field that has different levels of technology skills. Right. So, and there's a lot of moving parts. Think about the implementation of that to mm -hmm. all of the possible remote offices, all of the job sites that are out there. But when put in place and done well, it really transforms the process. Uh, agreed. And I think we both in our travels have seen examples of, uh, of again, the good and the bad there. And there are many moving parts, as you mentioned. Uh, to this day, although mobility has been with us in a significant way for now, well, at least half a decade, which is forever in technology time, we're still 
fielding questions. Uh, should we have a bring your own device policy or should we issue devices for mobility? How much should we lock it down versus keeping it open to attract younger employees, which as we know is a problem in our industry. So um, it does tend to become fairly quickly in my experience, a bit of a sticky wicket to implement an effective mobile plan. But again, you and I have both seen that work. Are, are there some, with respect to mobility, are there some best practices you want to share with our audience for, you know, if you're rolling out a mobile strategy for your field crews, what are some of the things you should consider? Well, I think you need to address connectivity. Mm -hmm. um, that could be a pain point. So right away, a lot of folks will say, well, that's what my cell phones are for. And of course, when you show some folks some of the data entry screens that they're completing, they don't want to do that on their phone. So sure. now you bounce up to a tablet, an iPad. You need to give thought to that. What is it that I'm entering? What am I trying to capture? And what is the device I'm using? Mm -hmm. And do I need to be connected or can I be disconnected and sync up later on? Those are important. I also think there's this tendency for folks to think about the three basic things when, when you talk about what they enter in the field, employee time, equipment time, and production or progress quantities, right? Right. There are so many other things that you can capture. So when you're looking at solutions, looking at tools, you want that flexibility. You may not do it all out of the gate, keep it simple, but you want that ability to, what else can I capture? What other piece of paper can I remove from my business process? All right, exactly. I mean, for example, if you can take daily logs out of the paper trail, if you can take safety reports, tool talks, all of these numerous things that historically are done by paper and and give them a, a, a mobile home. But to your point, also, it is contingent upon the vendors to make sure that it is usable. It's usable in a field environment. It's usable with people who may have virtually any type of mobile device and are, are not the uh, stereotypical younger millennial or Gen Xer who's very comfortable with these technologies. So... Where does training come into play in in getting the most out of the, out of software? We've talked about implementation and how vital that is. Now you're up, you're running, you of course have churn in your business and your staff. How important is training, and what are some of the things that com contractors should consider when when planning for training? Training is never ending, and it doesn't just apply to the construction industry. Mm -hmm. So where you see some problems are with the lack of training. You know, you don't want to throw a piece of software at someone and say, figure it out, here's, here's some help files. But I do believe that it's also a methodology, which is you can always do good old fashioned end user training, which is to bring everyone in a room and, and handle that. That becomes a logistical problem. Mm -hmm. So starting at the implementation point, but also moving forward beyond the initial go live is you need to have and there's different terms for it, super users, power users. You mm -hmm. need to have this group of folks that are your in-house resource. Right. These are the ones that would actually go out and provide it. And you want multiple folks. You always need to have a plan B. Can't mm -hmm. always come down to one person. And then you need to have a plan. You need to have an ongoing schedule for ongoing training. It's new employees that you're going to have to deal with. There are employees that change roles that you need to train. And this is this is undervalued, which is this is an actual function you need to have in place and it's going every day. Right. And I do understand many contractors when they make a technology purchase and training is an option, they may opt for it initially as they're rolling out the new technology, but then not plan down the road. As you mentioned, it's an ongoing requirement. And so where 
you know, I'll echo your observation where I have seen technology work best in firms is where there is this culture, if you will, of ongoing learning, ongoing uh, training, often self-directed training too, and having in-house expertise. Most vendors, most technology vendors do offer training, support, all manner of services, but there's something to be said when you can just pick up a phone or walk down the hallway and talk to an expert who works for your company. So with that, Tim, we've covered a bunch of ground here. I feel like for our regular listeners, you know what's coming. I feel like it might be nugget time. <laughs> and so, Tim, we, we warned you a little bit about this. You, you, we told you to come prepared with a nugget. You're remote right now, so I hope you didn't actually buy a nugget. I hope you have one for us, however, to share. I, Tim, yes. one thing, if there's one thing you want the audience to take away from this podcast, from this discussion on implementation and utility of software, what would that be, sir? It would be understanding before, during, and after when you are selecting software, you're implementing it, you're using it. You have to be willing and understanding of the fact that your business processes will change and should change to make the best use of what you've just put in place. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to recreate your current world in the new software, that's not the best way to go. Exactly. As new technologies evolve, it's only natural to assume that our, our business processes, our methodologies for getting work done would and should change with them. That's the whole point of advancement and new technologies is to change Absolutely. the way we work, right? So that has to be baked into, baked into your plans for technology adoption. Well, Tim, I want to thank you very much for your time today. Uh, before we leave, though, tell us a little bit about Tilson Technology, what you can do, what you folks do for the industry, and how you can help some of our listeners should they require some help in choosing, implementing, and making the most out of their technology? So we have a number of divisions at Tilson. I'm in the construction IT division, and all of the folks on our team have worked in the construction industry, have worked for software companies. They have different types of roles as trainers, as data analytics persons, uh, data conversion, a whole wide variety of experience. So what we've turned that into is being able to walk into a construction company and help them with everything that they need from A to Z. So if we talk about software and we talk about the ability to help them select something that's a very good fit, the best fit possible. Sure, it's, it's, um, more, than, it's more than just technology advice and counsel. It's, uh, it's looking at business processes and tying that to tech, if I understand what you guys do. Well, and it's, it's you know, we, we consult and it's true consulting because we have industry knowledge. We're not just in there to train you on how a piece of software works. Uh, we're there to help help you make best use of that software. So one of the things that we do when we go through our implementations is we have to go through a process to understand what you do. Why do you do it? What's good? What's bad? What's ugly before we can move forward? But it's all the peripheral aspects of that. So it's the implementation and all the moving parts right down to the training itself, the conversion of your data from your previous solution and analytics and the integration. You're probably going to have multiple systems. And that's what we do. And sometimes with some of our clients, we're in there from the very beginning. We'll have folks that reach out to us for help. They're already down the road and they're having some issues. Mm -hmm. So 
we can be pretty dynamic and step in at any point. Well, that's great. And thanks for sharing that. And if uh, folks do want to get in touch, I am guessing you guys have a website where they can learn more. I assume it's Tilson.com. It's actually Tilson Tech, T-I-L-S-O-N-T-E-C-H.com. There you go. And All right. Very good, folks. So once again, uh, learn more at TilsonTech.com. Uh, Tim, again, thank you very much for your time today, sir. We appreciate it. And I'm sure you've got uh, you've got some clients that you need to get on the phone with probably as soon as we're done here. Uh, yes, sir. And, okay. We appreciate it. As always, Tim, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for tuning in to A Viewpoint on Construction. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us today. And we hope you enjoyed the show. Check back for new podcasts at Viewpoint.com or on the same channel. Craving more thought leadership pieces? Check out our Viewpoint Surveyor blog at blog.viewpoint.com, which is updated several times per week with the latest news, industry best practices, and much more.